Well, for the, f the first eight weeks or nine weeks of this 2019, we have uh, intentionally tried to cause our hearts and minds to see God very clearly. The world around us has created such um, a genre of false assumption um, about God, uh, uh, mis placed value in God. Um, every day, your mind, your heart is bombarded with things that this fallen world is trying to convince you about what life is and about who God is, what's valuable, what's important. And so we thought starting this year, it would be good for us to just once again try to allow our hearts and minds focus on who God reveals Himself to us in His Word. And to continue to focus our vision in a way that it makes it more and more clear that we see this is God, this is reality, and this is what I need to see in this life, right? Um, I have contacts, I have, I have glasses, and um, if, if I don't have them in... My experience of life is super flawed, right? I can't, I can't see this glorious world around me. Uh, if I walk outside right now, no contacts in, it's just like there's some green, right? Or there's just blobs, right? I don't get to see the unique and beautiful design of creation. I don't really get to see your beautiful faces, right? I don't get to uh, see that because I, I, I can't see correctly and I can't enjoy what this world has. If I were to get in my car, <laughs> yeah, it would be very perilous. Um... Some of you already think it is perilous with me in my car. It would be bad. And I would not be able to navigate very well how I'm supposed to get home or how I'm supposed to go, especially go somewhere new. I don't know the turns, the speed limits. I can't see the speed limit sign. That may be a wonderful thing. Drive as fast as I want everywhere and just plead ignorance. Right? And I would put myself in danger because I can't see clearly. It's the same thing. In this world, God has given us His Word to help give us clarity of vision to understand who He is, how this world works, what the realities are, and how I can see clear to understand, to enjoy the world He's given, to navigate through this world correctly so that I can experience life as it was always intended, right? And so we've just tried to kind of, in this broad way, say, hey, here's how God reveals himself in Scripture. This is what he says he is. This is his nature, his characteristics, or what we call his attributes. And as I think about those, as I see what the Word is saying, I begin to understand what I'm supposed to know about life and how I can navigate it correctly. And so today we're finishing with this last attribute that I feel like is a great way to finish this series because I feel like it's rubber meets the road 
This is what I need to always know each and every day about this vast God and all these things about God and wow, 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 wow. But this last attribute, and it kind of ties in all of the other attributes, is what I need to keep on my heart and mind each and every day. Um, Let me start it this way. Dependence is is human nature. If you are breathing, you are depending on something. And in that depending on something, you are experiencing this thing we call hope. Right? I have hope because this thing that I'm depending on is going to come through for me. Right? And so I would start this series or this Sunday like this. We all depend on something or someone to hold us up inside. We all do. It it might be your mate. It might be another relationship, another human being. It might be a job. It might be how you look or how much money you have or how successful your kids are. And to be honest, that's where you place your biggest value. That's what gives you the most hope. That's what holds you up inside, right? What is that for you? What comes to your mind right now? What is that thing that's most valuable to you, that gives you the most significance, the biggest identity? We all have it. We all depend on something or someone to hold us up. Now, when that something or someone is coming through for us, we experience a sense of peace, satisfaction, and optimism. Right? Man. This is going well, or this relationship is good, or I'm making this much money, or I'm, I'm on and on and on, and I feel peace and satisfaction, and look how great my kids' lives are. But, at the same point, when that something or someone fails to come through for us, we, ex- we experience a sense of anxiety, dissatisfaction, and ultimately despair. So in this way, life goes like this. If you put your hope in a job, mate, kids, money, looks, whatever it is, you are realistically a blink away from that completely changing. And so... As so often happens in our life, what holds us up inside varies, and it's, it's um, not always reliable, and so we can end up living life on this complete roller coaster. <coughs> and ultimately, people end up living with despair, because guess what? Things don't always go how you planned and hoped. Jobs change or don't come through. Even relationships fail you. Even in the relationships that are the most stable, the ones that are the most loyal, especially in the the relationship you have with your spouse, if you are depending on them to hold you up inside, guess what? There are going to be those 
Don't look at me weird. You all know what I'm talking about. Where they fail you. And you find, and maybe you've already found, that if your whole significance and identity is tied up in something or someone, it doesn't always come through. And so what I would tell you is this. The conclusion has to be reached. It seems that the secret to a life of unending joy and peace is to find something or someone who will come through for you 100% of the time in any and every situation. That's what makes sense. I need hope. I'm depending. I'm a dependent person. Life is dependent on something else. And so for me to experience joy and peace that's uninterrupted, I'm going to need to have something that's 100%. And guess what? You know what I'm going to tell you, right? I'll tell you this. This is how God reveals himself. Through Jeremiah and Lamentations, Jeremiah should have been the last person that's saying these words, okay? Rough life. You think your life has been rough? Just read a little bit about Jeremiah. His life was not peachy. In fact, it was awful. And yet in the middle of this, God speaks to him, and he shares this from God for himself and for us. He said, yet in the middle of all this, I don't think I can say that word, and all of this junk, I still call this to my mind, and because I know this, I have hope. He says this, because of God's great love, we are not ultimately just consumed. He's not just like done, and it's because God loves. For his compassions never what? They don't fail. In fact, Jeremiah reminds us and himself, his compassions are new on Friday morning. Sunday, definitely, right? Sunday. Every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And he says, because of that, I say to myself, the Lord is now the one I am going to depend on. He's the one that I'm going to allow to hold me up inside. He's the one I'm going to count on to come through for me. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I'm not going anywhere else but him. And so God reveals his self in his word as that person that that is completely 100% faithful. And in a world where all of us are looking to have somebody that is dependable, that is loyal, you cannot do any better than 100%. All the time, everywhere. You say, hey, my, my spouse... I, I, have a, I have an unbelievable spouse. I didn't just marry up a rung. I married up a whole ladder. Okay? Nicole is, is those things. But guess what? Nicole might be gone tomorrow. What am I going to do? If that's who I have depended on. Who's come through. For, right? Some of you shake your head because you know exactly what it is to lose a loved one. 
And all of a sudden, I can't place my hope in even someone who is like that because there's no guarantee she's going to be here tomorrow for me. So what gives me a sense of peace and joy and an ability to just go, there is something that is sure. Regardless of circumstances, regardless of ups and downs, regardless of people coming and going in my life, so to speak, God positions himself in his word to us as the one who is the faithful God. 100% of the time. Okay? So they tell me in first service, <laughs> they're like, man, I tell you what, you just, need to, you just need to refer to those page and a half of notes. And then you need to get to what was on your heart. So I'm going to do that for you, right? They had to go through all this stuff. You guys get the, the flyover. These are good stuff. I'm telling you, if you take this home, you read it, you refer to the scriptures, you will, your mind will be open, okay? But for the sake of I'm listening to them saying, hey, stop getting bogged down in that. Go to where your heart is. Because I feel like at the end of what I want to talk to you today about is where my heart is, how I'd like to finish this series. Faithfulness is, the de- is defined as steadfast in allegiance or in affection, right? To be loyal, dependable, trustworthy, resolute, constant, true, true to one's word, keeps one's promises, true and consistent to one's character, someone who comes through for you. And guess what God says about himself? God is 100% faithful to his word, to his promises, his people, his character. And because of that, he will never let you down. Can you say those words with me today? The blue words? He will never let you down. And we are ending this series understanding that God is, he's all-knowing, he's holy, he's just, he's loving, he's all of those things. But it ties in, as Tozer would say, that what ties them all in is the fact that what this creates is a God who being true to himself, true to his character, is completely faithful to who he says he is, to what he says to us, to his word, to his promises. And that's what I want to end this whole train with. Some of you want to say train wreck. That's what I want to end this with. Reminding you of this. Let's watch a video just for a moment. Mm. Promises, promises. Everywhere we turn, the world is full of promises. Howdy there, the name's Jack Thomas. Have you heard of our unbreakable mugs? Drop them, throw them, golly, hit them with a hammer. You cannot break these little babies. That's a Jack Thomas promise. What do you say? It's pretty hard to turn down a promise, isn't it? They're so tempting. Thank you. Toodles. But most of the time, the world promises a lot more than it actually delivers. Need some super strength super glue to fix your broken, unbreakable mug? I've got the solution. The Bible tells us that the world's promises are never trustworthy. 
And when we don't choose God's promises, things can get sketchy pretty fast. I've got just the thing. You can buff out that damage table. This sander is foolproof for anyone to use. Feeling weak? We can help you get in shape. Introducing Fitness in Five. Five minutes a day to take the flap away. And one. And one. Lift. Come on, Wimpy. You're pathetic. You need... Barbarian Baby Energy Brew. Work like a barbarian. Sleep like a baby. Can't sleep? One pill and you'll go right to sleep. Wouldn't it be nice to have someone whose promises you can always rely on? Well, you do. God. In the history of the world, he has never made a promise he hasn't kept. That's a Jack Thomas promise. So remember, when the world breaks its promises, God is faithful. Mrs. Williams? Mrs. Williams? Mrs. Williams? Hello? I have something for your messy house. No, don't, don't, don't leave it, Mrs. Williams. Can you, can you still hear me from there? I'll give you an extended warranty. Two years. Three years? All right, five years guaranteed. Mrs. Williams, please just talk to me. So that's just kind of a quick video to tell you and what I could have just said in words. The world is always promising, okay? And we gravitate toward the idea that this will, this is what I can depend on. This will bring satisfaction, peace, and joy, right? And yet, it becomes a vicious cycle of us going through this. If I just got to the next income bracket, I'll be happy. Right? Have you ever heard that before? Have you ever thought that before? Yes, you have. We all have. If I could just have this relationship, I'll be happy. If my kids could just do this, I'll be happy. If, 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 and all those things are variable and finite and can end tomorrow. In the middle of that, God is promising to be 100% faithful. What he says, he will do. And if he says, it's going to happen. And if he promises, you can trust in that, right? And so, we took some time to go through the fact that he reveals this kind of faithfulness through his creation. We looked at some scripture there. The idea is that the world right now is spinning around 24, 25,000 miles an hour. The earth is spinning around the sun. And guess what? It doesn't go off track. If you look at our world, you know, like, for instance, our military, we have these atomic submarines, right? And they go down, 
and they carry rockets with them, you know, and it's important that they, that they are accurate, and they come up every 90 days to make sure that they are um, centered on the right thing, that they are GPS accurate, and you know what they, they use when they come up? They don't use a satellite in space. They use the North Star every time because the North Star is the most accurate thing. And they, okay, so we're, that's, that's right. We're on that. Then our locations are accurate. Science is the study of, of, of measurable things, right? And it's consistent. And science is what we look to to measure things. And God all the time is saying, well, yeah, measure me. I'm faithful through his creation, through his people. And I took some time to talk about how through his people, he reveals his faithfulness from Abraham all the way down to us. We could all stand up and talk about the faithfulness of God. Um, through his character, um, we talked about the Father, Son, and Spirit. And the only thing I would like to just remind you of is Jesus says in Revelation chapter 19, that when he is back as the conquering king and he is on, he's dressed in a robe, it says that on the thighs of that robe, there's two words that Jesus wants to identify himself with, and that is faithful and true. That's what he says. Of all the words he could have picked, he, on his thighs of his robe, I thought about taping some, but I thought that would be pretty distracting, right? And I didn't want to ruin these jeans, right, and faithful and true on them. That's who he says he is, through his character, through his word. It's obvious, his word, he is faithful. But the the thing I want to just land on today and finish with is that God is faithful through his shaping of our lives. All those things are nice and good, and you can tell me, and I can look, and I can look around at creation, faithful. I can look through church history, faithful. The Bible, faithful. I can, I, you can talk about all these things, and it's all faithful, faithful, faithful. But what does it mean to me? How does this work in my life tomorrow? What does this mean? Where is God faithful to me? And that's what I just want to land in and remind you that God is faithful when, first of all, we are weak. You remember Paul, um, the story in the New Testament where Paul is dealing with a, a uh, physical problem, right? He, um, he, some people say he had malaria that he was struggling to get over with. Some people think he had a bad back. I think it was his eyesight. Um, he just couldn't see, and guess what? Back then, you couldn't go to the eye doctor like you can today. And I think he was just sick and tired of having trouble getting around. And it even says in Galatians that he had to have somebody write because he couldn't see good enough to write and read. And um, I think it was his eyesight. And he asked God, he said, please, God, can you change this? I've seen you do all sorts of incredible things. I don't doubt for a minute that you can change me and I can have 20-20 vision right now, this next second. And he asked God to do something about that. And this is what God said to him. God said, no, Paul. Three times he said, I'm not doing that, Paul. Why, God? Because I'm doing something bigger. I want to show you something that's even way beyond what you understand. And it's my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
And all of a sudden, the lights come on in Paul's life when he realizes that God actually meets him and does incredible things in his weakness. Right? And he goes on to say, Therefore, I boast, or it's I am content, or in fact, it's the word I delight in this reality about my weakness, because I realize that when I'm weakness, Christ's power rests on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I want to remind you that God is such a faithful God that actually when we are dealing with weakness, that's actually when God is going to do his best work in us. (laughs) What are your weaknesses today? What do you consider your weaknesses to be? Some of you, it might be physical affliction. Some of you, it might be mental health. Some of you, it might be emotional trauma and emotional instability. Some of you, it might be the circumstances of your life. The weakness. It's like this just... It's, it's not right. It drags me down. It's, it's what I have to deal with, right? Guess what God wants you to understand? That he's okay with that. In fact, if you'll allow him, that in your weakness, he'll do his most incredible work in your I thought about my own life, and I have a particular weakness in my life. Like, I know you want to know what that is. I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) But I know just my genetic makeup, the way I'm constructed, I am prone to this, right? I'm not ready to confess some huge sin, so you you can just relax. But I know. And I've thought, God, why did you wire me this way? Or why did you... My dad, my mom, the genetics, right? And then I've realized what God has done in my life and how he's deepened my heart and my compassion and my ability to understand things because of that particular way that I'm wired, I would have never got if I wasn't wired that way. And he's taken what I would consider to be a weakness And he's made it a tremendous strength. And I want to remind you. God's power, he meets you where you are weak. And he actually does incredible things in you. Because he's always interested in his power being the big deal. And he wants his power to be the big deal so that everybody around says, whoa, there must be something to that God. I need some of that. And so he allows our weaknesses. He's so faithful to us in our weaknesses. He actually creates strength, strong things out of what we consider to be bad or 
undesirable or unfavorable things about our lives. I'll keep going. Often our weaknesses, though, create, they make us feel bad, do they not? And we run to find something to make us feel better. And so maybe it's a person. Or maybe, maybe we run to open the refrigerator door. Right? I feel bad about my circumstance, my weakness, so I'm looking to feel better. Maybe you run to shop or to work or to some kind of uh, abu- uh, substance. Or maybe you focus on your kids more, focus on your work. And all the while, God is saying it's okay to sense and to know that you have weakness here. Will you just let me do something powerful in the middle of that? And Paul says, listen, I realize quickly that my eyesight, or I, that's not, that's my opinion. We, we're not sure what that is. That's not like quoting the Bible here, okay? Whatever it was, he realized that actually I'm okay with living with it because it's making, it's forcing me to depend on God. And when I depend on God, amazing things happen in my life. And Paul, who I think couldn't see very well, changes the world. And Paul, would have, if he would walk in the doors right now, you wouldn't be very impressed because he'd kind of be hunched over and he'd kind of be bald and he couldn't see very well. And we'd just think, hey, dude, go sit down. Stay out of the way. And he's the guy who changed the world, right? Weakness, strength. Depend on God, great things. So he's faithful to us in our weakness, but I want to continue to help you see that God communicates where he's faithful and the rubber meets the road of our lives when we are tempted. This is what he says, 1 Corinthians, no temptation has overtaken you except that is what is common to man. Okay? You're not alone. If you feel like I'm the only person that's tempted by this, you're not. That's what the scriptures say. You're not alone. But in that temptation, what does it say? God is what? Faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So, not only is he faithful to us in our weaknesses, but in our temptations. I want you to think about it this way, because sometimes people feel like they've sinned when they're simply being tempted. Let's say for sake of illustration, that in my life God says, you know what? Uh, Because of where you're at in your life and what's going on, I don't want you to eat any more chocolate. Chocolate's a benign thing, right? Okay, I'm just throwing that out there. This isn't the word of the Lord to you. Like, let's say for me, no more chocolate. And then I have to go to Costco. And I have to buy groceries. And I turn down that aisle, and all of a sudden, there's 75 different chocolate choices. Right? Reese's. Snickers, Baby Ruth, so good. That's not a lot of chocolate, it's just kind of, you know, chocolate cakes. And all of a sudden, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to have an overwhelming desire for chocolate, right? Have I sinned? No. Even while I'm sitting there maybe sweating now because I want so bad to grab that, I have not sinned. 
To be tempted is not to sin. To feel desire is not to have sinned. So many people, they struggle with, I'm tempted by this, I must be sinning, I must be... No. And then you go Costco around the corner and there's some guy standing there with chocolate samples. (laughs) Here, would you like a free sample? And then I'm like shaking, right? And I have this desire, my mouth's watering. Have I sinned? No. And God promises that in those moments when we're tempted, and I don't know what that is for you. I hope it's not chocolate today. That he will faithfully give you a way to walk away. God will always be there to say, hey, I can make you walk away. I can give you strength. I can give you help. He's so faithful, rubber meets the road when we're tempted. But I want to show you that the progression keeps going. Because if you're like me, and keeping the metaphor here, there have been times that I've walked down that aisle at Costco and I've grabbed the chocolate. And I probably ate it real fast so I don't have to think about what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> and I don't have to worry about it, right? Well, it's better to ask for forgiveness and permission, you know. You know what I'm talking about. What happens then? God said, well, I I would have given you the strength. I promise every time when you're tempted, I'm there to help you not fall. What does he do then? You loser. Moron. What do the scriptures say? What happens when we sin? It says this. That if we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And now I'm talking to a bunch of people who have grabbed chocolate. There's not a one of us can't say, I was tempted, God would have given me a way to escape, I chose to eat the chocolate. Where do we go from there? How does God respond to us then? What is his position, attitude toward us? He'll be faithful. He'll continue to be faithful. He'll forgive. And I just remind you, I'm just using chocolate as an illustration, but maybe for some in this room, your besetting sin is not chocolate. Maybe it's pornography. And you look for times to privately log on. For some of you, maybe it's the besetting sin is prescription drugs. And you hide it. Or maybe for some it's the third and fourth glass of, of wine. Or maybe it's uh, shopping. Every time you feel down, little blue, you're tempted to just go spend money you don't have to make yourself feel better. For others it might be work. And you build in this whole thing, I'm doing it for my family and yet you become a workaholic. You're tempted because that's, that's what you're depending on. That's what you're hoping in. That's what gives you identity. That's what gives you... And so you just work. And that's how... I don't know what your struggle is. 
and what you fall to. And what sometimes, when God has clearly given you a chance to escape, you still choose to participate in that particular thing. But I would remind you that God's faithfulness, based on His character, His nature, all of these attributes of who He is, He is going to do what? He is going to forgive you if you are willing to confess. And His faithfulness is always to forgive you. To confess is to agree. To say, yes, God, you're right. I have blown it. I have sinned. I feel the shame, the guilt of my behavior. And I am calling out to you for forgiveness. And if it's the fifth time or the 500th time, guess what the faithfulness of God is going to do? He's going to forgive. And then he's going to try to take you back to where you understand that I could have given you strength to not fall. And the quality of your life and the life I've designed for you to have is over here that I'm faithfully always giving you overcoming grace and I want you to experience the quality of life. He's faithfully going to bring us back to where His power can give us victory. But if we fall, He will faithfully forgive. Do I have an amen? We all need that. Every one of us need to know that about God. He is faithful and just to forgive. In fact, I would remind you of one step further. Because I have met, I have had friends, dear friends, that right now today do not walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And they know everything about Him. Not everything, but you know, enough. Because they have come to a point in their life where they have these besetting sins in their life that they have basically just mailed it in and said, there's no way this will work in my life. I can't do it. And they've given up. They've stopped. They've quit. They've lost their faith. And I don't mean lost like I can't find my keys. I mean they've walked away from their, they've rejected faith because they don't believe that God can give them grace to have this life. And you know what the scriptures say? God reminds us about himself. This is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we also will reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, this is where he changes the narrative. He remains And maybe I'm talking to someone today who's mailed it in. Who you're here with a family member, you're here because it's the right thing, you're here for whatever reason, but honestly in your heart of hearts, you've mailed it in on this walk with Jesus because quite frankly, you just believe that you're not able to see this happen in your life. There are, two, there are things in your life that are more powerful than you having victory. And you've just kind of said, you know what? I'm just here, but I don't believe, and I would remind you that God still is faithfully inviting you to a relationship with Him. Even when we remain, we are 
faithless. And you and I would say, all right, moving on. He didn't get it. Cut from the team. He's not doing that. He's faithfully saying, I'm going to, till the day you die, I am going to be there, outstretched arms, inviting you to come back, to be in relationship with me, to not give up on me. I am that faithful. If you're here today, I hope you hear these words. If you know somebody in your life, a loved one that is there, that they've quit, they've doubted so much that they've given up, would you be reminded today to continue to pray for them because God has never given up on them. He is faithfully inviting them every, every day to come back to him. That's how faithful he is. And so how do I respond to this kind of God? Well, I would remind you of a couple things. One, what do I do with the faithfulness of God? Well, the first thing I think we all need to understand is we have to put my past behind me today. The number one reason that I feel like people cannot go forward with the Lord, cannot experience this faithful God giving them strength to be strong in their weaknesses, giving them victory over temptation, giving them the quality of life that he's always intended, this blessed life, this overcoming life, is because their past stands right in front of them like a huge boulder that they cannot get over, they cannot get around. And so often we are locked in our minds by our past. We think because of our previous behaviors that we are doomed to continue to be the same people or that there's no way that God would look at us and say well this is who you are and our past so often is our biggest hurdle that keeps us from experience this faithful God in relationship with him we just I screwed up how could I be so dumb i i can't ever i've done this over and over i it's just who i am and my past stands in the way and i never can believe anything from god because of my past and i want to remind you that this faithful god says that when he forgives our sins he remembers them against us no more he is not the kind of god that is looking at you or me and saying i'm not so sure this is going to work because 500 times they've tried and failed he doesn't even think that way we think that way and we can't get past our past so often and how do I experience the faithfulness of God in my life so that I get that he is going to walk beside me each and every day and that actually his plan is, yes, he'll forgive when I sin. Yes, he'll give me victory when I'm tempted. Yes, he'll be strong when I'm weak. But he will always supply my needs and he will direct my life and he's faithfully going to be there walking beside me. Even sometimes like that poem, Footprints, he's going to carry me in essence but he's not going to leave me nor forsake me but half most of the time i find that people can't grab a hold of that because they're still living on what they have done and how could god forgive and how can i have confidence i'm going to be any different and right past just kills us 
And I would remind you, put your past behind you today. The God who says he's faithful and just to forgive is the God who looks at us as forgiven people and says, new slate, new person, new thing. I don't care what's happened. You and I have to have the confidence that our past does not matter. It's amazing. I still talk to people who made a wrong decision 20 years ago. And they're still just kicking themselves every day for that decision. And they just live like, I screwed my life up. It's never what it was supposed to be. And I, you know, and kick, kick, kick. They're living in their past. God doesn't care. He's got a new thing, a new way, a new day. And he's faithful in now. This is today what he wants to do with you and where he wants to take you. And he doesn't care how you screwed it up yesterday. Amen. Oh my goodness, please say amen. Or I'm going to think you lost in your past. Get past your past. It doesn't matter to God. It's today. And he says, listen, place or bring your present problems, pains, and failures to Jesus today. He says, all you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest Take your yoke upon me and learn from me. He gives this idea of oxen who walk together, who are yoked together, and as a team, they pull the plow. But there's always a lead oxen, one that takes the lead, and he says, I'm the lead one. All you got to do is get into the yoke beside me. I'll carry you. I'll lead you. I'll, I'll, if you'll just get in with me, if you'll trust me. I'm going to faithfully take care of you. And your present pains, troubles, problems, would you let me have them? Would you let me work in them? Would you let me solve them? And some of you think I'm just throwing out a bunch of baloney. I challenge you today. Would you give Jesus Christ a chance in your life with your problems, your pains, and your struggles? And I guarantee you, you'll testify to me and you would testify to this crew. If you'll let Jesus, he will do unbelievable things in your life. Promise. Guarantee. Bring your present. And then build. Put your hope. Place your hope for the future in the one who will never let you down. Back to this whole idea of what are you depending on? Who's coming through for you? Well, I can tell you one that will always come through for you 100% of the time. So I invite you to stand this morning. And as we go, I just want you to read this with me from Hebrews chapter 13. He quotes God's word in other places. And really focusing in on this last part of this verse Would you read with me? Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said this. Would you read this today with me? Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And all that we saw about God, all that we see in his holiness, his love, his justice, his sovereignty, all these things, and they mean so much to us, rubber meets the road tomorrow. This God, this whole package, is a faithful God who will never leave nor forsake us, who promises to give us strength when we're weak, to give us victory when we're tempted, to offer us forgiveness when we sin, and to never forsake us even if we quit and doubted him. He's just faithfully, arms outstretched, 
offering to us the gift of a relationship with him through his love and grace. Would you live every day knowing that you have a faithful, faithful, faithful God? Father, make this so real to us today that we just know that you will never leave us nor forsake us and that all these things about you come down to one thing we need to know above everything else is God is faithfully offering to us a relationship with him. And it doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter what we're facing. It doesn't matter anything except for the fact that we know that we can open our hearts and minds to you and have that relationship with you. So Lord, wherever we're at today, whatever we're walking through, whatever stage we're at, the most important thing we need to know is God is faithfully calling out to us, reaching out to us. Maybe we're dead in our sins today. You forgive. Maybe we're burdened uh, with the circumstances of life. You promise strength and peace. Lord, maybe we're uncertain about the future and we have fear and anxiety. You bring peace and joy into our life. You're faithfully going to meet us exactly where we're at and meet our needs. So help us to trust and depend on you above all things. As we go from this place and as we see you more and more clearly, you're the God who's right beside us, faithfully. We pray these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that you go knowing that you have a faithful God. And I'd love to see you here for Ash Wednesday on Wednesday night. Have a great week.